Personally, I don't support people who are going to another state or going abroad. My family was struggling, so my daughters went abroad. It seems like only young people are making sacrifices for this national cause. Mindat has become a township with no young adults, according to locals. Some have joined resistance forces, but many have left to study or work elsewhere. And this has impacted families and community services. Hello and welcome to Do'athan, a weekly podcast that brings you human rights stories from Myanmar. It's brought to you by Fondacion Hirondel. This episode is produced by Frontier Myanmar journalists. Names and voices may have been changed to protect contributors. If I get sick, I have no one to cook for me. When I get sick, I long for a hot meal, but there's no one to prepare it for me. So I don't eat. Do Kim is in her 50s and has a heart condition. Her husband died last year. She has four children, but none of them live with her. She lives on her own in a village in Mindat Township. She's not the only person in this situation. There are so few young people in Mindat that the local people's administration committee has tried to stop youths from leaving. This parallel administration was set up after the coup and claims to oversee affairs in over 90% of the township, apart from Mindat town itself. In 2021, the committee asked parents not to allow their children, aged 18 to 35, to leave the state. And in June this year, they reissued the statement. Spokesman Go Yormang said some young people who tried to leave were even turned back at checkpoints. It seems an extreme measure, but he explained to Do Athan why they made this request. Most of the current population are school-aged children and elderly people. Only a few young people remain. When we asked for volunteers to clean the clinic, only the new and older mothers came because the young people had left. If we do something to serve the community, we face a situation where there are no more young people. Before the coup, Go Yormang said the township population was around 50,000. Now he thinks it's only about 40,000. The committee is currently gathering exact population data. So what happened to that missing 10,000 or so? Go Yormang says some of those people have fled fighting and become refugees in India or Malaysia or elsewhere. And some young people have joined local resistance forces. But from what he sees, a higher number of youths have left to study or work, either abroad or in another part of Myanmar. Like Do Kim's children, she sent her youngest son to a school in another region. One daughter is working in Singapore and another will be joining her soon. Do Kim used to run a shop, but she can't do that anymore. So the daughters are trying to support the family. <laughs> My family was struggling. It was getting difficult and they couldn't go to school or go anywhere. They couldn't work either. So my daughters went abroad. 
Chin State is one of the poorest and least developed parts of Myanmar, and migration has been a common choice for young people for many years. But the military coup and the conflict which followed have disrupted schooling and reduced work opportunities. The Military State Administration Council, or SAC, still runs three schools in Mindak town. But security and transport issues make it difficult for kids in outlying villages to attend. And the Mindap People's Administration Committee has also requested that parents not send their children to SAC schools. There are self-help schools in many villages, but they may not cover all areas, needs or levels. As for jobs, the main options for young people in Mindat have usually been farming or working as government employees. With conflict and transportation problems, it's hard to make a living from farming. Very few young people want to work for local government under the current military regime, and the parallel administration generally can't pay people. Gosalai Ang is in his 20s. For two years after the coup, he taught children in a self-help school, but he got no income. There was frequent fighting in his village, even aerial attacks. And his parents, who were in poor health, couldn't farm regularly because of the conflict. So he felt he had to leave in order to support the family. He endured a frightening journey to leave Mindat Township, worried about resistance checkpoints, but more so the military ones. If the checkpoint is under the control of the CDF, then they will only give a warning. If they are military soldiers, they might arrest people and use them on the front line. If the military forces catch someone, they will never let them escape. Gosalai Aung is now trying to get work abroad. He thinks that an unfair burden is being put on young Jin people. It seems like only young people are making sacrifices for this national cause. And if only Minda locals have to bear this responsibility, our young people who are going to the front line will die one by one. When the political situation gets better, there won't be any young people to move things forward. Many young people have joined local armed resistance forces, but not all have stayed. Gotam Lin is a pastor in his 20s. He was so angry after the crackdown on protests that he joined the resistance forces. He observed that some new recruits couldn't make it past the rigorous military training period. He himself served on the front line, but he says that after a while he struggled with the basic moral dilemma of war. Sometimes I just felt bad that I had to shoot a human being and my fellow citizen. I was going through a tough time mentally. It hit me even harder because I used to be quite involved in religious activities. Tamlin is staying in Chin State. He supports the self-help schools and he wants to contribute to the community. He believes that those who leave are being rather selfish. Personally, 
I don't support people who are going to another state or going abroad. I feel they're being unfair on those taking part in the resistance. Speaking as someone who took up arms and lived in the jungle, everyone wants to go to a place where they can make money. Some would argue that the Mindat PAC travel restrictions are violating their rights. Article 13 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights states that everyone should have the right to freedom of movement within their own country, the right to leave and the right to re-enter. Goyomang says the restrictions on leaving town have been relaxed since June. And he argues that everyone needs to make some sacrifices now in order to get full human rights later on. This revolution is not just for young people on the front line or injured young people. It's not like they've been contracted to do this. It's a revolution for everyone. And if people cooperated with the resistance forces, it would be successful. Now we are fighting for our human rights. After the revolution and when we get our full human rights, we will defend human rights. The shortage of young people may be a problem for resistance leaders. But families across Myanmar face a bigger dilemma. With conflict and displacement, families are struggling to survive. Young people look for work elsewhere, even if that separates the family and leaves parents with no one to look after them. Many parents want their children to have these opportunities. They also need the income that this work provides, even if they would like their children to be at home. And like Dor Kim, parents want to keep their kids safe away from the conflict, if they possibly can. When they left, I had nobody. But I had peace of mind, thinking about them living in a free and peaceful place. When the political situation improves, my children won't have to live in different places. They can live together with me in my house. I would be happy with them. Thanks for listening to this edition of Do Athan. We would welcome your feedback on social media. This project on human rights reporting is supported by Fondation Hirondelle with the help of our donors. You can listen to our podcast via the Do Athan Facebook page. They can also be found on SoundCloud, YouTube and iTunes. You can also listen every Saturday night from 9 to 10 p.m. and Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on Voice of America Radio. Please tune in again next week.